Well, I am so happy to be with you today. Let me wake up my computer. I've missed you. Um, was gone last weekend. Um, missed Sunday, missed Sunday school. Sean um, and I came down with a cold, a really bad cold. It hit us quickly. Um, and I still, uh, my voice is a little bit lingering of the effect of that, but I feel fine. I think I've fully recovered, um, but tested negatively, so I was good to go there. <laughs> it's a good thing to know in, in our times. And uh, missed the services on Friday on Christmas Eve. I trust it was good. Uh, Cheryl and I missed it. We still had some uh, slight lingering effects, but didn't want to be around anybody and didn't want to scare anybody. Um, so, uh, but it's good to be with you this morning. Let's look to Isaiah chapter 55, only four verses this morning. Uh, I've got 10 minutes. I'll do my best. I will not make any promises, though. <laughs> four verses. Verse 10 to 13. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. It shall accomplish that which I purpose, and it shall, it shall succeed in the thing for which I have sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that it shall not be cut off. I love God's word. I love hearing God's word. I love speaking God's word. I love teaching God's word. I'm blessed that that's what he has me to do. I think that's what he's got me on this earth to do. I love singing God's word. I love worshiping in God's worth in spirit and in truth. God's word has power. How much power does God's word have? Well, Genesis chapter 3, or pardon me, Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Doesn't get any more powerful than that. God's word is powerful, and it changes, and it changes people. I once knew a man, and this man wanted nothing to do with church. Wanting to do, wanted nothing to do with religion, nothing whatsoever to do with those that wanted to witness to him, just totally disregarded. You see, this man, when he was young, was taught somewhat of a false doctrine. He was taught that in order to go to heaven, you needed to keep all the commandments and you needed to keep them perfectly. And if you weren't able to do that, you weren't going to go to heaven. So this young man, uh, having believed that, had somewhat of a wanton lifestyle, somewhat destructive, if you will. And the theme of this man's life was eat, drink, and be merry, because you got, a whole lot, you got it a whole lot better here than you're going to have it there. And so that's the way that this man lived and wanted to have nothing to do with church, nothing to do with God. Well... In a time in his life, uh, as he got older and got into adulthood, into his 20s, this man's friend came to build a relationship with him and just began to plant seeds with him. 
and just began to say things of wisdom to him that he saw as wisdom. And it kind of woke the man up. And he started to listen to his friend and their, their relationship started to get solidified. And then the, man began, or the man's friend began to introduce God's word behind some of the wisdom that he was sharing. And the friend eventually led this man to read the word of God. And within the word of God, this man read about the gospel. And he accepted Christ as his savior. And it changed him. Well, many years later, actually decades later, what happened to this man? Well, he stands before you bringing that message. God's word is powerful. It changes us. It has an effect. We've got 10 minutes. We've got four verses. I've already spent five of them. <laughs> I told you, no promises. Let's just take it verse by verse. We can go through it quickly because God's word is powerful and it speaks for itself. Verse 10. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seeds to the sower and bread to the eater. The message there is God's word is good. God's word is always available. It's like rain and snow. Now, there's kind of a side metaphor, and I don't have time to go down it, but it's kind of a message for believers that stay away from God's word. Being away from God's word, our life tends to get brittle, and our life tends to get dry because we get disconnected, and we get disconnected from the blessings of God. God's word is important in our lives. It's important to sustain our life. For the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there and water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. There's a harvest that comes from God's word. There's always a blessing that comes from God's word. Verse 11, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. Some of your versions of the Bible say it will not return to me void, which is kind of a more famous, infamous, if you will, uh, wording. But it shall accomplish for that which I purpose, and it shall succeed for the thing for which I sent it. God's word is powerful. God's word also has purpose. God's word has intention. Well, you might say, well, Jeff, what about the people that hear the word and don't heed it? Pay no attention to it. How is that successful? And how does that purpose? And what is the purpose behind that? Well, eventually there will be a purpose, and those people will be without excuse. And doesn't that stop us in our tracks? God's word is important. It's powerful, and it has purpose. Verse 12. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace, the mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. This is actually the verse of scripture that led me to this message. I hadn't done this in a while, and I was given choice to pick whatever I wanted to, uh, to bring to you this morning. Prayed about it a lot, and 
was looking for a scripture that God gave me peace, and it was this particular verse that led me here. I trust you've had a great Christmas. I, I pray that you had a great time with family and friends, that you got what you wanted if you wanted something, that there was something special. But most of all, I pray that the Advent season fulfilled its purpose in your life, that you found joy and that you found peace. Well, the theme of this message is also kind of the song we've been singing about and the song that we heard the day after Christmas. Now begins the spiritual letdown. The Christmas decorations begin to come down. Some of us have time off maybe during this week because it's a short work week and maybe you've taken some PTO and vacation time. Things start to get back to what we call normal. We get to work and the people that were acting graciously, now maybe their attitudes begin to change. Maybe some of that hope, the edge of that hope is beginning to wear off. And within about two weeks, Christmas will be in our rearview mirror and we've forgotten all about it. Well, that's a tragedy and that's a shame. But there's hope and there's a promise. Verse 12. Let's go back up verse 11 because they go together. So, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth... For it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and it shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So what does God intend with his word? What does he mean to happen? What is his purpose in his word? It's right here in verse 12. For you shall go forth, you shall go out in joy and be led in peace. What is the Advent season all about? What do we find special about the Advent season? That special emphasis on joy and peace. Joy and peace is available to us all the time. All we need to do is find it in God's word, which is always available to us. In what measure? Verse 12, for you shall go out in joy, be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth in singing. And all the trees of the field clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. And it shall make a name for the Lord. And an everlasting sign that it shall not be cut off. Paraphrasing what those last two verses mean. It means there'll be joy and peace. And they'll be in great abundance. That it will be special. That it will be an enormous blessing to our lives. We should respect God's word. We should revere God's word. We should love God's word. Because it is powerful to change. Some of us among us wish we could change our, our spouse. Wives sometimes wish they can change their husbands. Husbands wish they can change their wives. Parents wish they could change their kids. We're powerless to do so. I can't even change myself and my bad habits. But God can. Because God is good. God loves us. His word is powerful. It has purpose. And we just need to abide in it. That's what the day after Christmas is all about. 
It is immersing ourselves in God's worth, both individually in self-study and in group study in Sunday school, coming to church, hearing it preached, and just bathing ourselves in God's word. And his promise is, it'll be Christmas every day. And that'll be his blessing to us this morning. Let's go to the Lord.